The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Uno, Dos, and Trace. I mean, Ken, Derek, and Mike, how are you guys doing? I'm awake, kind of. I want to be Trace. <laughs> uh, I know the feeling about being awake. Yesterday, I was off for a rare fourth day. I had a four-day weekend um, because... You had an event in your family, too. Two events in the family. Uh, Zoe had uh, her second day of Odyssey of the Mind Worlds on Saturday that I took that I took her to. Melissa took her on Friday, Um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what Odyssey of the Mind is. It's a it's a competition for all levels. Uh, Odyssey of the Mind is has been uh, the world's greatest problem-solving program since its beginning in 1978. What was started as a project for students in a single industrial design class has grown into uh, a worldwide program um, that allows students to learn, develop, and employ skills related to teamwork, resource management, designing, and making divergent thinking, and so much more. Cool. And for her group, I think it's... um, I think they were ranked by uh, by the problem they picked. They finished eighth at Worlds out of uh, over 20 different teams. Nice. First time ever at Worlds. So it's, uh, yeah, proud of them. And then um, yesterday was uh, Melissa and I's 25th wedding anniversary. I was talking about congratulations. Happy anniversary, man. Thank you. Yeah. And we did our celebrating Sunday and Monday. Had uh, a room at Coronado Springs here at Disney. Uh, stayed there the night and then went to Magic Kingdom the next day. Cool. Well, now we need to have a discussion with her. How in the world has she put up with you for over 25 years? We have been talking about that. Me. <laughs> and, and the and what makes it even more is with me being in entertainment and us hitting 25 years is like an eternity because a lot here recently, a lot of entertainment couples where one person in the party or in the marriage is in entertainment. Marriages don't last 25 years. Yeah. 
So uh, we have definitely made major strides. So um, speaking of strides, check out wikiradio.net and our affiliates and partners like Biddy Boomers, uh, Heroes and Villains, I guess, for both of those. Use the code, well, for Biddy Boomers, use the code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase anytime. With Heroes and Villains, WeBeGeeks, all one word. That one worked still. Uh, that was what, 15% off or 10% off? I think it was 10. 10% off your first purchase. So, uh, also to check out um, superhero stuff, they got some great, um, great things. Products, yeah, hats, t-shirts, backpacks, etc. Along with the Hero Box, where it's like a subscription box, but it's it's not a it's it's a geek box, but it's not a subscription box. Because if you buy the same one, you may get different things in it, but it's still. But chances are you're going to get the same product in it if you order the same theme over and over until a new theme comes out. If that makes sense. So the current Star Wars box is going to be the current. You order three or four of those, it's going to be the exact same product. You're going to get three or four different variations of those products. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and get right into the new episode of The Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. There was good stuff this time, too. You want to start us off there, Ken? No, nah, really. I was going to just chime in. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Mike? You sure. Really I'll should do warn <laughs> You should really warn us ahead of time yeah. that you're going to call on us because. No. Makes for more entertaining of a show. I can't do it from memory. <laughs> um, so this episode was called Battle Scars. Uh, it was written by Jennifer Corbett and directed by Saul Ruiz. Ruiz. Uh, and I guess right to the point, the Bad Batch still have their inhibitor chips and the clock on records is ticking. We've been saying for a couple of weeks, and we even stated last week, how long are we expecting this to go before this becomes an issue? How much longer before record blows up? Um, we didn't have to. We didn't have to wait long. I think it's funny we bring it up, and then all of a sudden they give it to us this week. Yep. Well, it's nice that they're not going to drag it out and have little things here and there for like months or for weeks as we do this. No, they're going to get done and over with, and then move on to most of it. Yeah. Right. So um, he snaps and he snaps hard. And who does he snap on? Omega. And apparently it was enough to scare him because once they did, did take care of the chip, he was apologizing profusely to Omega. Now, um, luckily, the badge have a, have a guide to help remove the chips. And that guide, Captain Rex. It's another one that we were wondering how long until he finally shows up. Say. Yeah. Bring them both back at the same time. Right. Uh, he helps them find a decommissioned rebel cruiser with a kind of me- medical facility that they need, but not before Wrecker's chip goes off. Now, here's the, f- here's the fun part. You recognize the planet we're on? I didn't until today. I forgot the name. I really? forgot the name. We're on Bracca. You remember the significance of Bracca, Derek? No, from, is that the one from Jedi Fallen Order? Yes, sir. So we have brought Jedi Fallen mm-hmm. Order which was already canon, but we now have brought it into timeline again. So we're seeing the beginning of the scrapyard, I guess. Right. Yeah, because so, Fallen Order is about 10 years after this. Yeah, it's about so. dead between three and four. Well, of course, we're still sitting between three and four now, but it is. Yeah, I but guess. this is 
day after three. Like this is within months. This is not even a year after episode three. Right. Right. So, um, it's a cool, you know, going through with all this, you know, we're going to see how the inhibitor chips may come into play in the season finale. But right now we know that's not the case. Um, because right now they only did the chips on, they only did records chip, right? Or did they end up doing? No, they did all. They did all. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. we get to that part though. Were you when um, Wrecker's hanging like a fish over the water and the tentacle creature? Did you did that remind you guys of a ratar? It's a sarlacc. No, in corner, this is just a tentacle creature. I thought they made reference to it was a sarlacc. No, no. Like I said, for me, I thought almost it almost looked like a ratar since we'd seen it next to next to a couple of episodes ago. I thought maybe they're going to throw another creature in that we actually knew what it was. I could see that. But I guess it wasn't. It just really it looked a lot like it if you on a, um, if you just watch it happen. Yeah. To me, I thought it was a Rathcar or uh, a Rathtar, a uh, Sarlacc, because I thought that's what they they referenced. Or I thought I heard someone mention it. Yeah, but Sarlaccs don't live in the water; they live in actual a pit. They dig a pit in the ground. That we're not. Yes. But who's to say there's not a variation that lives in the lives in water as well? They're going to be wherever they can make, create a nest. You're cutting out there, Ken. Oh, sorry. According to this, I'm I'm flipping through the episode gallery on um, StarWars.com. It just says the giant tentacled beast. So it sounds like they don't have a name for it yet. Either that or whoever wrote this article didn't know it. Could be that too. Actually, the name of this episode was Battle Scars. Let me see if Wikipedia has anything on it. Um, guys- so as we're finding out, Wrecker's been turned into a blind follower of Palpatine's Order 66. Sort of like Crosshair did. Um, so knowing what was interesting is, like we talked about, Wrecker knew he was out of control, but couldn't do anything to recover and snap out of it. It's how, right. how heavy the chip was. Um, According but- to... Uh, uh, Wikipedia, Sarlax and Rathtar share a common ancestor. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try to look up the specific episode here and um, see if they have any more information. There we go. Wait. Ah. So, um, some of the other moments in this, uh, Sid is skimping on the clone's pay and Hunter is beginning to ask questions mm-hmm. about who exactly benefits from her jobs, both morally and financially. Rex and Omega have a fun conversation where she instantly grocks. He's a gen one, which is a reminder that she grew up surrounding by clone, surrounded by clone doctors and a funny roundabout way of saying he looks Old from her preteen perspective. <laughs> Rex takes the control chips seriously enough to almost draw his blaster in the bar, which very okay. much helps sell the yeah. seriousness of the stakes. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, Wikipedia, they're saying it's a Dianoga. That's way too big for Dianoga. Unless that was a really, really like newborn hatchling or something that we saw in the Death Star. So I don't know how official that is, but according to them, that's a tentacle of a Dianoga. That's the first mm. thing. And then the beast jumps out and gets him. Okay. I don't see that being a Dianoga, but yeah, hey, I, don't, I don't see it as right, a Dianoga but, either. Uh, um, created and updated just like Wikipedia by the people who read it. <laughs> yeah. So um, now Omega's characterization is getting very close to feeling complete in many ways. Uh, uh, this review is coming from Den of Geek or this recap. Um but she reveals in a moment of vulnerability that she's almost afraid of being left alone. She's a child used used to being 
visibly different from all her caretakers and peers. So finding people she feels like family with is an entirely new universe to her. So uh, I was actually talking with uh, one of my best friends from high school. And we were mentioning what is the possibility that we, we know chances are Omega is a Mandalorian clone. Or is assumed at the moment. She's a Mandalorian clone. Who's to say she does not, since Dooku was there under the guise of Sifo-Dyas, that maybe she, they finally got cloning far enough ahead that she was infused with some midichlorians or a ramp up to make her force sensitive. That would be a very interesting concept. The fact of possibly adding metachlorians into the um, DNA or into the cells of a clone. I don't know. Honestly, I'd, I kind of hope that that's not the case. Because I kind of like that there's no force users in this show. Oh, we're going to see Ahsoka at some point. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I'm just saying it's it's interesting that she she seems to be very in tuned to the rest of the team. And, it, and it's kind of a, a supernatural type in tunement. So but I think another thing that I kind of want to see come out of Bad Batch, I want to see the Kaminoans, Kamin- Kaminoans, whoever they are, the resonance of Kamino. <laughs> there we go. I know it's tough to say. Um, I want to see them helping the emperor, helping Palpatine start his clones or setting well, up the technology for his clones. And clone. That's one of the rumors I've heard. Is that we're kind of kind of heading that way? Is that what you're saying, Ken? Kind of heading that way? Yeah. Well, the, the, the rumors I've heard was that the, she may actually be a clone of Palpatine. I don't know why it'd be, she'd be female, but. See, I still I still pl- I'm playing on the theory she's a, a Mandalorian clone or a clone raised on the Mandalorian values. Since we now know Jango was a foundling, thus making Boba a foundling, thus making all the clones foundlings, so to speak. Um, maybe given a little force ability or a little force sensitivity, and then we find out Omega, along with one of Palpatine's clones, become Ray's parents. Hmm. Possibly. I'm still leaning towards she's... Um She's a Django clone that w- they manipulated uh, to turn her female instead of male. They were just playing with the DNA. And I mean, obviously, they knew what they were doing on it, but. Right, right. Right. But the question is why? Just because they wanted to see if they could do it, or? I kind of hope we don't find out for a long, long time. I know this is going to sound we might weird. Not. Maybe to see if, as she gets older, they test the theory on whether the clones are able to uh, reproduce on their own? Maybe. If this was one of the um, live action shows, maybe. I don't see them tackling that on an, in the animated series. I don't even see them tackling that in a Star Wars series in general. Don't know. Probably not, but you know, it is a thought. Somewhat innocent, sort of, kind of. You know if you know what I mean? <laughs> that stuff doesn't need to be in Star Wars right now. Yeah. There's no sex in the Star Wars universe. Remember what Kirsch said, a kiss is just as good as intercourse in Star Wars. It's the equivalent of intercourse in Star Wars. Sure. (laughs) So I guess the question at the end, who is Rex contacting before he leaves Barca? Barca. Sisters, we're contacting Rex. Yeah. 
at the end of right. that episode. Right. So, but I'm thinking of using that as the start, like the fact that he's working with the Martez sisters, the link in the chain there is Ahsoka because the Ahsoka is working with them. So it's whoever Ahsoka's right. also, it's either he's talking to Ahsoka or whoever she's working with the, um, to go against the Palpatine currently. So it could be as big as a uh, uh, Bail Organa or a Mon Mothma could be something on the smaller fringes, like a saw Guerrero, but I don't see the um, Rex working with saw much. I don't know. I did hear that. We might be seeing saw Guerrero in this show. We already saw him once. We saw him once. Yeah. But I mean, the latest ring, a bigger part. Well, the latest rumor you were also seeing too was Saw Gerrera is going to be seen more in um, in the Andor series. Mm-hmm. I definitely. Well, I don't know because Saw was in Rogue One. I'm trying to think, no, because Andor Cassian had didn't um, come in contact with Saw in that movie. I need to watch that movie again. It's been a minute. Uh, I don't know. Me too. No, he. They meet. They see each other briefly when uh, when Ray shows when he's with uh, Jen on Jetta. So they could have actually known each other. They could have. They could have. I don't think any of his posse would have known him. No, because Two Pipes was uh, before Rogue One was working um, with the uh, the Empress Nest at the time. Yeah. So. Um, the other question is if he wasn't talking to Ahsoka, could he have been talk possibly talking to Wolf? That's a possibility, yeah, because we know he he's still working with the other with some of the other clone troopers. And if he's trying to get a hold of Wolf to say, "Hey, found a ship. Let's get the chips out. Got that source." So now Rick is taken out before the end of the Clone Wars that series, right? Wasn't it on that last season seven? Yes. So I see. Yeah, that actually that was the last episode, wasn't it? Because he was, they were having, he was taking his, having his taken out right as Order sixty six came down. Next to the last episode, yeah. Next to the last episode. So, um, so the trivia gallery, which I love over on uh, StarWars.com, um, the Mantel mix snack that Omega and Wrecker eat following missions is uh, apparently loosely based on the Outpost mix found at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So, is that basically just flavored popcorn? It is. And it's good popcorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good popcorn. It better be at the price Disney charges you for it. <laughs> uh, early scripts called it Outpost Mix, but was decided that Outpost Mix was too specific to Black Spire Outpost, and Ord Mantel would have had its own version. So, Makes sense. Uh, one of the parlor regulars, Bolo, is seen harassing Rex for sitting in his seat. As an Ithorian, he's physically incapable of speaking basic due to his species' unique anatomy of having two mouths. Thus, Bolo wears a translator collar to help get his point across. Mm-hmm. And I would have laughed more if the voice of Bolo was Jim Parsons. Hmm. I think we've seen him talk also. in the, um, the first time we saw him, he said something. Isn't it funny, too, that Bolo has the look of... Of outside of the translator of the Kenner hammerhead figure. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. And we saw them get rescued. Uh, the episode with the Mart sisters, Martez sisters in Ahsoka. That's when we saw him. So I wonder if it's the same one. I don't know. Could be the same device though. Uh, Omega recognizes Rex as a Gen 1 clone, meaning he's from the original batch created 10 years before the beginning of the Clone Wars. 
That's really an interesting thing that she recognized or could tell what generation clone he was from looking at him. She mentioned something about uh, the lines. She recognized Honestly. the lines. Yeah, I think that I think she did, did that in lieu of cutting him in half and cut, counting the rings. <laughs> that too. <laughs> uh, the planet Braca was originally created for Jedi Fallen Order, uh, and has become the galaxy's main location for de- deconstructing and dumping war machines of the Clone Wars. Um, or they just didn't want to have to make a new planet when they already had one ready to go. Why not? I was just like for the the shipyards, Corellia. Why make another one when that one's already been established? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Rex brings the Bad Batch to the crash crash Jedi cruiser. Um, their scrapper guild, which runs trade on Braca, was also created for the Jedi Fallen Order game, uh, set in the events at of orders after the events of Order sixty six. Cal Kestis works for the Scrapper Guild. When Kill, when Cal is revealed to be a Jedi, he's swept into an adventure to find a list of Force-sensitive children. So, uh, overall, I, I I'm enjoying the show still. Yeah, I am too. We're about halfway done with it too, because I believe it's 16 episodes. We got one more. Is the halfway? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Already, well, someone had leaked. 16 weeks. Or somebody has said that there was um, the names had been announced of what the show titles were for the for the next for all the ones that are coming out in uh, in July or the next few weeks or through week fourteen. Well, let me check the usual suspect. See if IMDb has a listed. Uh, yeah, IMDb actually does not have them up. Usually, if they, if someone slips it, it's usually like IMDb. Right. Um. Uh, not that one. Okay, so starting, we do not have episode eight or nine titled, but episode 10 tentatively is titled Common Ground, uh, which comes out July 2nd. July 9th, we have Devil's Deal, which is episode 11. Episode 12 will be Rescue on Ryloth. So we're going back to Ryloth. Mm. I wonder if we'll see if uh, our, um, everybody's favorite Twi'lek on that one. Star Wars animation. Yeah. Um, at least to mention. That one actually may, if it, if they're going right off, that may have something to do with Bib Fortuna, since we've already seen him on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, after Rescue on Ryloth is Infested, episode 13. Yeah. And episode 14, War Mantle, hmm. which we know nothing. It just seems real interesting. Yeah. So uh, it's intriguing. Be curious to see uh, what comes of this. Um, we can't we can't take into the names yet. But what would there be a rescue of? The government could be Omega. Could be. Could be a rebel operative of some sort. Yeah. One of the first fulcrums. So yeah, because I think what we're gonna see here with the rescue on Ryloth is the start of. Uh, is when it becomes a protectorate of the Galactic Empire, while being classed as free and independent, it, it doesn't re- reveal that. So I think we're going to start seeing uh, the movement of a new rebellion beginning here with the free Ryloth movement. So it's it's going to be interesting with what we have. I really love the, the time period this show takes place in. Yes, very much so. It's right in that transition. So cool to get some stories. Yeah, it's it's really cool to get some stories from that time period and to see how things transition over. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of transitioning and characters that we've seen on animated that we want to see live action, Wiki of Nerds had a list put out of 10 actors who could play at Grand Admiral Thrawn for Mandalorian Season 3. Well, we know that she's not going to be in Mandalorian Season 3. He may be. He may be a threat to go back and forth with with the Ahsoka series, where we know he should be in the Ahsoka series because Ahsoka's looking for him. Mm-hmm. in order to find to find Ezra or what he did with Ezra. So I'm just going to go down their list. These are 10 actors who could portray Grand Admiral Thrawn perfectly, according to them. We'll put our own opinion on these. Number one, or there's no numbers, but first on this list, Lars Mikkelsen. Look him up. He's already been playing the voice of Thrawn in in rebels so vocally he's got it there i i'm just not sure about the look but hey i'll deal with it mm, i don't know uh, Prost- that could work prosthetics do wonders actually yeah looking at his face he's got the he's got looks like it's the lean and um long yep on. uh next up tweedle uh, shawedle Edge of four. Oh. Uh. Mm, mm, no. Yeah, I don't see it. I can see I can see him as a sizer from Shadows of the Empire. Possibly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um more of an action type role. That's why I say sizer. Uh Michael Fossbender. Hmm. He could have the look for it. Could I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. It's a good choice, but I don't think he—I don't think he's a top choice in my opinion. Yeah, better than I did um, liking him for Magneto. I didn't. Yeah. Mind, I didn't so, mind his Magneto. He was, yeah, he was—he was decent, depending on which movie. <laughs> True, but you can't blame him for the for the director's direction on how he should play Magneto, though. Mm. Just like Ryan Reynolds, you can't blame him for how bad. Green Lantern was playing the script. Yeah, I still say there was good stuff in that one. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. right. But I think he had some good ideas. Pierce, Bro- Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. If we're looking, if we're mm. looking at an older Thrawn, which I think we're not at that age yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would like Pierce Brosnan. He, he, if you would just look, possibly. But he's another one that you don't expect to be sitting back and just planning. Yeah. Daniel Craig. No. No. Thrawn is not an, is not an action character. Right. No. He can fight and in the books and in the comics and uh, everything else we've seen that he knows how to fight. But that's his last resort. Naveen Andrews. That one I don't know. I'm he was not that- familiar with him. He was in Lost, Instinct, Sense8, just to name a few. Uh, I don't know. To me, uh, this next name is who I think would be the best, John Hamm. I don't know if I think he'd be the best, but I think he'd be an interesting choice. Uh, Jason Isaacs. Possibly. had a couple of roles. He was Lucius Malfoy, uh, but was the voice of the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels. Uh, Tom Ellis. From Who Lucifer. was that? Uh, he was in Lucifer. Lucifer? He was Lucifer. I don't know. The same thing is, 
all of this is uh, we got to go by look. Yeah. Because any of them could play the role of Thrawn. Uh, this next person that they say, oh, he was the, he played Ronan the Accuser, Lee Pace. Hmm. Hmm. Except that's him without the makeup, I don't think. Too round of a face. That could be an interesting choice. I think it's too, I don't think he has the right facial structure for, for Thrawn. It's too egg shaped. <laughs> so, um, and Screen Rant. Gives us a, another top 10 list. 10 outfits that were uh, ridiculously impractical. All things in Star Wars. <laughs> Number 10, Stormtrooper armor. We sit around it. Number nine, anything worn by Queen Amidala. <laughs> we're supposed to be ridiculous and stuff. Because remember, yeah. the king. Everybody looks at her and doesn't look at where she's actually at. That was a distraction on purpose. Yeah. And all queens did that. All the queens in Naboo did that because we saw Queen Jamila was like that. Yep. So in that way, I guess it was functional, but not in any other way. Number eight, Darth Vader's armor. That is the definition of function. True. But it made it made his movements slow uh, and cumbersome. Mm. But that wasn't that one. That one was because of the, um, necessity, right? But then we saw a much better um, prosthetics, also. True. So that's the theory I've heard the um, this week from other things and the stuff that. Uh, what's the chances that Palpatine purposely? Did not use the best possible prosthetics, so the Vader stayed in pain and all, and um, was uh, always inconvenienced by what he his prosthetics and stuff. Easily manipulated. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was always concentrating on trying to deal with what he had around him that he had no idea what what he was being told to do. Yeah. Uh Captain Phasma's armor. That goes back to stormtrooper armor. It's just silver stormtrooper. Yeah. Armor. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Kira's mission ensemble. It was kind of fancy for where they were at, but other than that, it was what you would see anybody in Star Wars wearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They say here, as Voss's top lieutenant, she should have worn something that conveyed her authority during the operation, but the cape concealed an outfit compromised of a jacket, a long skirt, and heeled boots, none of which are going to be useful when going on a dangerous mission with the galaxy's most unpredictable smuggler. <laughs> Maybe she likes the skirt and heels. Could be. Uh, number five, Imperial Gunner. Well, it's odd, certainly. But we don't know exactly what that helmet does. Yeah, that's the only thing on that. The helmet, the rest of it's just a regular black jumpsuit. Yeah. But the helmet could have, you know, like a view screen inside of it, like a targeting screen or something. Well, we, we see... Um, with Jen, the area that we know is right around the nose level. Supposedly, that's where you look out of. Because we saw that retract up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that doesn't... Mm -hmm. They shortened that, the dome, to get that look. Or extended the bottom, shifted it. Because it didn't look right when the... It, it's not in the right spot when they have that visor down. It's too low. Mm, true. Uh, having worn these myself, I will agree. Jedi robes. Yeah, realistically, they're a little impractical for. Yeah, having cosplayed as a Jedi, they are a little impractical. I guess it's just part 
Jedi. Once again, like Vader's being inconvenienced by his, the Jedi have to show how humble they are, but they're willing to wear even this. Right. <laughs> it's almost like instead of giving them a jacket, we're going to give them a robe. But then I think it could, in, the idea of being monks. Well, the monks also carry over the the wizard aspect as well. Yeah. Uh the juggernaut tank pilot. That just goes back to stormtrooper, just Imperial armor in general. Yeah. I love the helmet. Yeah. <clears throat> the, yeah. The helmet. See what seems, makes, oh, go ahead. What? I was going to say the helmet kind of has a slight nod to, to the Clone Wars or the clone's armor with mm-hmm. with that single mm-hmm. single uh, viewport. And it does seem a little bit more practical to move in. It's just the, the chest plate. It's the same thing as Imperial officer armor, uh, which eventually we also see Dengar using for himself with that chase, uh, chest plate. Um, <laughs> and we... See a variation of it with number two, Gideon's armor. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like Gideon's armor is there because he idolizes Vader and wants to be similar to Vader. Yeah. Well, for me, what makes the Imperial armor impractical is how little protection it actually gives. Yeah. You see, you think uh, being armor, it would possibly deflect at least one blaster bolt. But no matter what, anywhere you hit a stormtrooper, they go down. doesn't matter. You can hit them in the big toe, and they're dead. (laughs) But Gideon's armor looks cool. Looks cool. Yeah. Number one, Mara Jade's catsuit. I don't know if we've seen it. Just in comics and video games. Why why would it be impractical? Don't know. Because it's a tight leather catsuit. Sounds like you'd be very well in it. Yeah. Um, now there is interesting casting rumors coming out of the Ahsoka show. Anyone want to guess? They're probably casting Ezra. Nope. Or Sabine, one or the other. Uh, she will be joined by a lead character in her twenty to thirty, which I think is wrong. Um, the report also suggests uh, that the studio is looking to cast an Asian woman for the role. Sources say this character is Barris Offrey or Offy. 20 to 30 would be too young. Yeah. 30 to 40 is right on target. Now, Barris Offy, that's not the one that um, turned her in or turned on her. Then they had that whole thing with her leaving the Jedi Order, was it? She was the apprentice under uh, Luminara. Luminara or Lumina unduly yeah uh she's the one who got the uh brain slug got infected by the brain slug uh in season two okay uh she achieved jedi knight status before soka however became disillusioned with the jedi order during the clone wars uh bombed the jedi temple and let ahsoka take the fall for it um Anakin eventually cleared her name by discovering Barris was the true culprit, but Ahsoka chose not to rejoin the order. Yeah, so she was the one that set off all the events of Ahsoka leaving. Yes. Um, Ahsoka did not rejoin the order because she was sympathetic to Barris's cause. Even if she disapproved of her methods, Ahsoka later reflected on her relationship with Barris during her time of hiding uh, after the Republic's fall. Uh, as we as we know in E.K. Johnson's novel Ahsoka, so uh, it's unclear how Barris would have survived Order sixty six. After Anakin caught her, she was given into custody by the Jedi or to the Jedi, led away by a temple guard who will later be, by a temple guard who would later become the Grand Inquisitor. Ah, mm. how do we know that? Because they just said it. <laughs> was it was there something? <laughs> 
Well, I think the Grand Inquisitor mentioned at one time uh, in Rebels. Oh, like when Kanan was doubting himself, I think. There's a sequence where, I guess, during meditation, he battles a temple guard. And come find out that temple guard was the Grand Inquisitor that we see in season one of, of Rebels. Yeah. So, um, so there's also the possibility, too, that this is not Barris. Um, but instead, um, it would be Ezra or Sabine, one or the other. It's, it's woman. It's not going to be Ezra. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. But, you know, we could have Sabine. Yeah. Now, remember, last we saw them, other than in Mandalorian, Sabine was with uh, Ahsoka and they were heading off to find Ezra. Correct. Now, uh, also announced as we're recording, Star Wars Visions will get a sneak peek at Anime Expo Lite. Uh, The announcement was made by Anime Expo Lite as the virtual event is hosting a special Star Wars panel. Uh, It will be there. A sneak peek is shown of the anime and several crew members will be present to tease more about the series Star Wars Visions. Cool. Uh, Uh, Visions going to come out on Disney Plus. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, what we know about it is it's an upcoming anthology of animated shorts celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators and storytellers. Is so, there is there a release date on that yet? No, not that I'm aware of. Just debuts mm-hmm. later this year, which I was getting to with. Oh, join, well, something at least. Join host and pop culture maven Chastity. Vicencio and Lucasfilms, Shaqui Lopez, James Wog, Josh Rhymes, and Cubic Pictures, Justin Leach, and Kaneko Shirasaki for an inside look at Star Wars Visions before the series debuts on Disney Plus later this year. If you want to check it out, um, tick, you can buy tickets online for $5. All proceeds go to the Hate is a Virus Community Action Fund. Uh, it's a virtual event taking place July 3rd and fourth. Uh, usually it takes place the week of July 4th in Los Angeles, but with the pandemic, um, it's preventing the uh, in-person gathering. So, um, Den of Geek brings us Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi set. Photos offer first look at villains. Uh, it looks like Adira Varma from Game of Thrones is playing an officer. Also, although Lucasfilm hasn't officially revealed her character yet, in fact, the only other character confirmed for the show so far is Vader himself. Well, officially, right. Owen and Beru, since the the actors who played them are in the cast. True. <laughs> Uh, McGregor recently confirmed that he would be acting alongside Imperial Stormtroopers for the first time, an experience he described as making himself feel six years old again. (laughs) That makes me wonder how much are they actually going to see on Tatooine or not? I prefer they do, but I hope they do, too. But we're led to believe that there's no um, garrison or anything there. I don't know. Especially since it's a hut controlled world, not an Imperial controlled world. Very true. Um, Now. For the collector side of things, y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. Uh, Hasbro announced uh, that it has launched a Star Wars Vintage Collection four pack that includes four three and three quarter inch figures of clone troopers Captain Rex, Captain Gray, Captain Ballast, and an elite squad trooper. The set. Hmm is being released as part of their collection inspired by the Star Wars Bad Batch series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, a listing for the vintage collection Bad Batch 4-pack was live on Amazon. 
um, but is now inactive as it is temporarily out of stock. So they say. Of course it is. Um, it appeared to be, uh, though it may have sold out in blink of an eye, possible. Uh, when pre-orders commence, expect it to run for $59.99 with a release date set for this fall. Now, uh, the four-pack includes 10 accessories in addition to the figures. It comes in the vintage style Kenner packaging. Um, so we have gray is in green armor, like we see him in the first episode. Uh, Ballast is in a blue, like a teal blue. Got the elite clone, which could be Crosshair because it looks like Crosshair's rifle. And then we have Rex, which he's got the the monocle that attaches to the to the helmet. But I don't remember him having that in this last episode. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? No. Okay. No, I'm looking up the um, pictures here. Um, there we go. To me, this almost looks like it's a re-sculpt. Or these are basically just uh, or Rex is, is essentially a redo of um, some of the art commanders that we saw from the uh, Revenge of the Sith clones that had that little visor. Yeah. That came down, but it but it's it's done. Done in um, Rex's paint style. I just don't remember that. So for me, a lot of these seem like they're just just repaints. Because I want to say I have the sh- the the Elite Squad Trooper looks like this the Shadow Trooper that they released around Revenge of the Sith looks almost identical. Same rifle. It's possible. So so yeah. What are y'all's thoughts on on this set? It looks cool, but it, other than the colors on it, it feels like a um, uh, um, army builder's kit, or you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, if this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would say, yeah, let me have this kit. Because um, when Target had the exclusive uh, Jedi trooper kits that came with a clone commander of some sort, be it a commander or a captain, and the general, I was collecting them because I wanted to set up a display of all the different commanders or captains, like a Rex, like Commander Koki, Cody, Koki. Um, Koki. <laughs> there's that too. Uh, <laughs> Captain Apu or Apo, uh, Commander Gree, uh, Wolf, um, some... <sighs> Uh, Commander Fox, which was in Series One armor, um, stuff like that. I, w- I was after the different different troops, and it's like, okay, there's too much here. I I don't know how to collect it right to do what I want. I I I don't want to break up a set just to get the one figure out for a loose display, and, and it was just too much for me to want to display them all or keep everything else and keep that display together. Of either cards or whatever. So uh, I have some. I have, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Hold, I would love to get this set, but one, I'll wait till it comes down in price. Two, just to get three commanders, I, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's cool that Rex has got the um, his Barca cloak, but yeah, I can wait. I really can. So just trying to think. Any other thoughts, guys? Or you know, no, I was looking to see much of anything going on out there. Yeah, I mean, slow news week. Yeah, yeah. So, well, if you guys have nothing else, if you've enjoyed listening to us talk, check out Ken over on Geek Watch One. Check out Derek over on New England Society of Geeks. 
and Keepers of the Fringe. Uh, of course, you can hear me with uh, Mighty Marvel Geeks and Weeby Geeks with Derek as well. Uh, again, don't forget our home site, WookieRadio.net. If you've got any questions, comments, topics, whatever, hit us up, Wookie at WookieRadio.net. We do have a Patreon, uh, easy to get to. Just check out, it's a pinned tweet on our Twitter at Wookie Radio, uh, where you can find us the most active at. Um, what am I missing, guys? Um, I don't think you are missing anything. Yeah, I think you got it all. And on that note, oh wait, we're missing this. <laughs> Just kidding. But in all seriousness. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! <laughs>